every individual charged in the indictment is charged with one count of violating Georgia's Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act through participation in a criminal enterprise in Fulton County, Georgia, and elsewhere to accomplish the illegal goal of allowing Donald J. Trump to seize the presidential term of office beginning on January 20th, 21. Specifically, the participants in association took various actions in Georgia and elsewhere to block the counting of the votes of the presidential electors who were certified as the winners of Georgia's 2020 general election. The indictment alleges that rather than abide, abide by Georgia's legal process for election challenges, the defendants engaged in a criminal racketeering enterprise to overturn Georgia's presidential election result. Subsequent to the indictment, as is the normal process in Georgia law, the, the grand jury issued arrest warrants for those who are charged. I am giving the defendants the opportunity to voluntarily surrender no later than noon on Friday, the 25th day of August, 2023. Okay, so that irritating voice is the voice of Fannie Willis, and you've heard it before. Uh, that's when she laid down the parameters for the fourth indictment against President Donald Trump and also 18 other defendants, um, uh, charging them with RICO violations, which are used for gangsters, gangsters, uh, insisting that they come to Georgia and have their mugshot taken, which they've been doing. I'm sure you've seen by now President Trump's mugshot. You've seen all of them. Uh, and they they're... It, so Fannie's goal is to stop Donald Trump. She's pretty clear about that. But her goal also is to help cooperate with the effort to remove the law licenses from all of these people who, in fact, are attorneys, including John Eastman, Jenna Ellis, Rudy Giuliani, uh, and, of course, Mark Meadows gets caught up in that, too. And he's not, he's not an attorney. But this is a, an unbelievable drama opening up before us. And so, you know, if you're like me, you say, who's going to stop this? I've asked that in many interviews. Who, who's going to stop this? What's happened to our legal system? Why can't? Why can't? Why can't we stop this? This is not. This is lawless because the charges are baseless. They're misapplied. Uh, she cannot charge some of these crimes, which are federal, as a state prosecutor. So it's it's bizarre. It's chaotic, and but yet here we are. Well, today we're going to interview someone who is trying to stop this. He's a member of Congress. His name is Andrew Clyde, and he has a very, very good strategy to put a stop to it. But before we talk to him, let me remind you that preborn needs your help. According to a recent study of hundreds of post-abortive women, 60% reported that they would have preferred to give birth if they had received more support from others or if they had more financial security. Boy, let that soak in. Well, that's where Preborn steps in, because Preborn is there for women in their darkest hour, deciding between life and death with their precious child. You see, the reality is that women are being pressured to make this fatal decision and being told that their babies are just a clump of cells. 
Preborn welcomes women with God's love and introduces them to the beautiful life growing inside of them, which doubles their baby's chances of life. All right, so you know that when you support preborn, you pay for an ultrasound so that they can actually see their baby for the first time, which helps them decide to actually choose life. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy, preborn.com slash Sandy, and make your best donation or you know agree to be an ongoing contributor to their work. That would be a wonderful thing. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, well, sit back and uh, just take this all in. This is Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia on Sandy Rios 24-7. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. I think the most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness that we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice, not social justice, but God's justice, what's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association, a pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. takes courageous uh, Republican House members like Congressman Clyde to do uh, to do what needs to be done. And what this does is it just says, look, we're not going to use federal funds to prosecute a major presidential candidate on or before November 5th, 2024. And state and local governments can't use federal funds to do the same. We have not prosecuted a presidential candidate or a former president in our nation's history. They waited 30 months to bring these four different indictments against President Trump. It's clear election interference, and there's no reason that if they want to try to prosecute him, there's no reason they can't wait till after the presidential election. Um, The American people, not Democrats, prosecutors, and Democrat judges and Democrat juries get to pick our next president. All right, this is Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios 24-7, and that's our good friend Mike Davis weighing in on our next guest. Uh, Right now in the House of Representatives, the whole funding process is taking place. And this is a hard thing to talk about on radio or on podcasts. It's hard because it's money, Uh, but it's very, very important. And you may remember that President Biden passed this, uh, with the help of Kevin McCarthy and the Senate, uh, passed this horrendous spending bill about a year ago. And it, it just was a gut punch. And it was right after the election of Kevin McCarthy. It caused a lot of dissension in the Republican caucus because he did cave on that bill, or at least he gave them almost everything they wanted. And so there's been a, a rumblings ever since because the House can only control the out-of-control behavior of the government through spending bills. So right now there is a war taking place on Capitol Hill in the Congress on what to fund and what not to fund. It's probably that's their last opportunity in this administration to stop all the things that are happening. I want to tell you that right now the the, uh, Freedom Caucus is trying to, there are more things than this, but they are trying to make sure that in in these spending bills, the border is secure. They're trying to make sure that they uh, defund the weaponization of the Justice Department, and that means the FBI also, and they want to end uh, the cancer of wokeness in the military. Those are just three things thereafter. But our guest today is uh, weighing in on something else, which we're all concerned about, and that is uh, the um, the attempt to destroy 
a presidential candidate in an election and determine for the American people who the next president is without them being able to weigh in on it. Our, our guest is Congressman Andrew Clyde. Andrew represents the 9th District in Georgia. And before I say any more, let me just say thank you for joining us, Congressman Clyde. Well, thank you very much, Sandy. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, great to uh, Great to be with you. Well, we're going to talk all about your initiative in a second, but let me lay some groundwork because uh, I'm sure you're well-known now in Georgia, but you won't be well-known to my entire audience, and I, I want to give them a background on you. You're a combat veteran. You're a small business owner. Uh, you've been a, you were a naval officer for 28 years. You uh, participated in three combat deployments uh, to Kuwait and Iraq. Uh, you... Uh, settled in Athens, Georgia. You earned your master's degree in corporate finance and entrepreneurship, and you established a business known as Clyde Armory in 1991, which is a nationwide firearms business, uh, which has two brick-and-mortar locations in Georgia. Congressman, am I, I'm sorry that I don't remember this, but I have to ask you, were you one of the businesses that came in the crosshairs of the Obama administration selling guns? Uh, well, I was one of the businesses that was uh, um, that was abused by the Internal Revenue Service during the Obama administration, and I ended up testifying on Capitol Hill over it, and they created a piece of legislation because of the testimony of myself and two other uh, victims, and uh, they called it the RESPECT Act, uh, Restraining Excessive Seizure um, Through the Exploitation of Civil Asset Forfeiture Tools. Act was the, the acronym that they used, and they named it after us. So they call it the Clyde Hirsch Sowers Respect Act. And that act took away the authority of the Internal Revenue Service to confiscate legally earned money through civil asset forfeiture. And um, I was in the very middle of that. And um, that was a, a, I was proud in January, I'm sorry, July 1, 2019, to have President Trump sign that bill into law. So there's actually a federal law named after me that. Yeah. Um, that, that that puts a boot in the backside of the IRS. Yes, I love it, and I did. I did so. I did remember it was you. Uh, but can you? I know that this is an old story for you. I mean, I know you haven't forgotten it. But could you please restate for us? Because I'll only take a stab at it, and I want to know specifically what the IRS did to you. Well, the IRS confiscated nine hundred and forty thousand dollars from my business. They came in just on a Friday, literally the April twelfth. 2013, and just uh, gave me notice that they had uh, seized this money from my account. It almost bankrupted me, uh, you know, but God is good, and he took care of me during that time frame. It was a, it was a, a time that was um, incredibly stressful for me, and um, I took the IRS to court. I beat them in court. I got my money back. The judge uh, saw things my way, and, um, and then I went after the IRS and said, uh, you know, you've done this to me. Uh, I'm not going to let you do this to anybody else. And so then I came to Congress and asked to um, presented my story to them. They asked me about 16 months later, back in February of 2015, to testify against the Internal Revenue Service in a in a congressional oversight hearing in the Ways and Means uh, subcommittee. And then um, uh, through that testimony and, and of a couple others that that I mentioned, um, they created a bill. And this bill uh, was to take away the authority of the Internal Revenue Service to confiscate legally earned money, because that's what they did to me. It was legally earned, and the IRS admitted it was legally earned and properly reported. Imagine that. Imagine if all if everything you had was legally earned and properly reported, which it should be, you know, 
Um, but yet they take your money anyway and, and yeah. try and bankrupt you. What they wanted from me, they wanted a civil, they wanted a, a monetary settlement. They wanted $325,000 from me to give me back the 615000 that was remaining. And I said, no way, I'm not going to do that. So I fought them in court, fought them through the legislature. We won on both, um, on, uh, in both areas. And, um, and that's one of the things that, uh, that w- resonated with the folks of Georgia's 9th District, and they elected me to represent them. And that was in 2020. And, and really, you think about it, Congressman, how uh, relevant that piece of legislation is now to a rogue, uh, even more rogue, I think, IRS right now. I'm sh- and you are so equipped now to fight back and watch all of that happening and stop it. And I know your bill will probably at least slow down some of the lawlessness, and so that's, that's a wonderful story. But let me interrupt our conversation just for a second to tell you that we could not have these kinds of conversations if it weren't for sponsors like Christian Health Ministries. They've just joined us, and I'm so proud that they are a sponsor. They've been in the business of helping Christians fund their medical needs for over 40 years. They are the leader in this particular industry. Uh, and so I'm really proud to present them to you. They're in all 50 states. They're overseas. Uh, they, you can enroll anytime, and you can choose your own doctor. I think those things are so important. And so if you feel like it's time to kind of reevaluate uh, the health care that you have, the price, the coverage, all of it, all you have to do is go to chministries.org, chministries.org, and be sure to tell them that Sandy Rios 24-7 sent you. So you've been serving since 2020, and you happen to serve on the House Appropriations Committee, which is the one that has to get in the weeds. Now, uh, Congressman, correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is the way the process works, without bogging down for listeners, you understand that uh, there are 12 spending bills that cover 12 major uh, areas of the federal government uh, that are supposed to be passed, uh, approved every year. And they're supposed to be done... Like separately, are they not? Each area is supposed to be de- determined separately. That is correct. And what has typically happened in the past is they put all 12 of those together and called an omnibus. They do that, then, you know, you can't look at individual appropriations bills and tailor them properly. It all gets thrown into like a pot of stew and everything else gets mixed in there. You got all sorts of pork in there as well. And so you end up with massive spending bills that nobody has a chance to read, which was typical under Nancy Pelosi. And and, uh, we're not going to do that. We promised the American people 12 individual appropriations bills that would come out of committee, go to the House floor, so we could look at each one of them individually and specifically tailor them. Ten of them have come out so far from the Appropriations Committee. We've got two left. We've got Commerce, Justice, Science. That's one appropriation, and that deals with the Department of Justice. And that's so appropriate right now. And then the, yeah. the last one is the um, Labor, uh, Health, Human Services, and Education. That one also is pretty important. But uh, the Justice Department could be a, quite a contentious uh, appropriation bill, but that's where my amendment right here deals with the Department of Justice. And Yes, it, unless... Let's talk about it. What it what? So the idea is just. I'm talking to people listening. The idea is that if you're gonna, if this spending bill is gonna pass, it better not have A, B, or C in it, and it better include D, E, and F. And you are adding something that you feel must be included in order to get votes to pass this particular bill. So what is it that you're trying to prevent? Mike Davis gave us a tease, but fill in the blanks. 
Well, this is called a limitation amendment. It basically limits where they can spend their money and where they cannot spend their money, actually. And it says that, that no money can be spent on the prosecution of a presidential candidate until after the presidential election in November of 2024. And this is so critically important because here you have a Democrat prosecutor with a Democrat judge in a Democrat district, so they'll get a Democrat jury, and they want to put away the number one opponent of their Democrat president, presidential candidate, Joe Biden. They want to put away Donald Trump and throw him in jail uh, to prevent him from effectively campaigning, to prevent him from being in all the important places, like on Super Tuesday, they're going to try and put him in trial in Washington, D.C., uh, in a courtroom during Super Tuesday. I mean, this is nefarious conduct. This is clearly election interference. And this is something that Congress has the power to stop through the power of the purse, because that's where our major influence occurs in the government. We fund it and we defund it. And we're going to defund this through these two amendments. One amendment deals specifically with federal money at the federal level. So that would be the Department of Justice's prosecution. And the other deals with any federal money going to the state or local level. And that would deal with New York and Georgia. All right. So, oh, well, that sounds good to me. And I bet it sounds good to lots of people because it people are just crying out. Can't somebody do something? It's just jaw-dropping. The lawlessness and the fact that our government, as many areas of it, is now our enemy. They've turned against their own people, you know, sending SWAT teams to their home, arresting them, arresting pro-life dads. I mean, it's it's become um, sinister. And people are saying, who can stop this? And so you're saying this could happen, and I know it can. But uh, so... There are lots of other things, as I mentioned, a few of them the Freedom Caucus is working on to make sure is in this bill. But that doesn't mean it's going to happen, Congressman, because you know there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, ugh, it's always complicated. You only have, is it five, a five vote lead in the House? Is that right? A That's five member correct. lead. Five yeah. In the House. And, you know, it, it, there's always negotiation, there's always fighting going on because we're fighting for conservative values. We're, we're fighting for responsible spending, you know, we're, for fiscal responsibility, and uh, we're not seeing a lot of that, well, any of that on the, on the other side of the aisle, and some of our own, uh, you know, are having a tough time with that. But American people are sick of all talk and no action. This is action. The freedom, what the Freedom Caucus is doing with regard to the messaging, you know, and laying out the foundation of any potential CR, that's action right there. This amendment is action, uh, and this has to occur in order for us to fund the government. And so that's, that's where we are putting our emphasis and, and all of our effort. Okay, so the, the deadline f- to pass these, only one has passed. I know you just said they're out of the committee except for one, but only one has been passed through Congress. They've been on recess now in this, in this month. So when they come back, you've got till September the 30th, which means you have precious little time, as you know. I don't need to tell you. Uh, to pass these bills. And my understanding is that uh, Kevin McCarthy is pressing for a short-term CR. And there's tremendous opposition to that because those opposing feel that it would uh, just simply codify the Biden spending, the bill that was passed. I I should be quiet and ask you what you think. What do you think? 
about well, no, short-term CR. You're, you're exactly correct. We cannot have you know a blank or a blind or, or a clean CR. All right, that would simply promote the policies of Nancy Pelosi, the spending levels of the Democrat administration, uh, the, the previous Democrat Congress, and her and the policy there. That is not why we were elected into the majority. We were elected to change the way Congress fundamentally operates and to change our government, and that's what we intend to do. So there's got any short-term CR, and, and you got to define short-term here, um, you know, month, month and a half, whatever. Um, but those, any CR like that is going to have to have significant policy changes and spending changes in it in order to get conservative Republican support. And those policy changes are, are going to have to be things like border security, like what we all signed on for in H.R. 2, you know, the Border Security Act, and then also uh, to hold the government, the Department of Justice, the weaponized government accountable, uh, the Department of Justice, FBI, ATF, etc. And then also um, to deal with the wokeness in our military, because that's killing our military. We're seeing that in the lack of recruiting, the ability to recruit, and then finally uh, dealing with the, you know, stopping additional money going to Ukraine, no blank checks for Ukraine. But those are the things that would have to go into a short-term CR for it to get Republican support. And honestly, there needs to be, you know, this needs to be the focus. That is all Republican support. If Kevin McCarthy, if Speaker McCarthy goes to the Democrats and gets 100 Democrats and 100 moderate Republicans to pass a short-term CR, I think he's going to be in trouble. Would you agree with, um, I, I had heard that even some moderates in the Republican caucus are saying absolutely no short-term, short-term CR. Do you, are you hearing that also? Uh, well, n- n- no, I actually have not, but I will tell you that um, that not having a short-term CR would be a great thing, too. You know, get Congress back to work, get, uh, you know, these appropriations that we've passed already, 10 of them, on the House floor and voted on, and then and passed. Uh, you know, we've got some spending reductions to add to those, which I think uh, would be a good thing, and then get these last two out of committee and on the floor as well. We've got work to do. So we need to be back in Washington right now doing that work for the American people, in my opinion. Now, here's where it gets sticky, because my understanding is that uh, Speaker McCarthy, he's, I, I hear him making uh, noises about impeachment of uh, President Biden. He's made, I heard him on Maria Bartiroma again, uh, making noises, talking in and out and around it, uh, saying maybe September, maybe October. But I'm hearing that behind the scenes, he's telling a Republican caucus that uh, he will uh, uh, allow them graciously allow them to start impeachment proceedings against Joe Biden if they will agree to a, C- a short-term CR. Now, I, I don't know, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but I, I wonder what you think, that how that would be received. Well, that would not be received very well. You need to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, number one. And the right thing is to start an impeachment inquiry on the most corrupt president in the entire history of the United States. We have seen that. The evidence is there. In fact, we even put a bunch of it up on our website at clyde.house.gov forward slash Biden crime family. You can go there and see all the evidence that Oversight has put out um, against, you know, about the, the Biden crime family. And so, you know, uh, to, to link those two together, I, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should be doing it anyway. And, and, you know, if we go into a government shutdown, 
the thought that we cannot continue investigating the Biden crime family, that's just false. Because in order to get out of a shutdown, Congress has to act. So if Congress can act during a shutdown, they can certainly, you know, to get us out of a shutdown, then we can certainly investigate and, and do other actions, do two things at once um, while we're in a shutdown. So I, I'm not buying any of that. Okay, so let me get practical. You just did, but let me go back to it. You gave your Clyde.house.gov. What, there was another part to that address you were recommending for people to get information. Did I get that sure. completely? Oh, you're correct. Clyde.house.gov forward slash Biden crime family. All one word, just all, no spaces, Biden crime family. And we have up on our, on our website um, where you can see all the evidence that the oversight committee has come out with. And people need to be informed of that. They need to read the FBI's form FD-1023, which clearly from a, a trusted human source lays out the bribery that occurred between the, the Ukrainian gas company Burisma and Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, $5 million each. And, you know, why it was so important to have Hunter Biden on Burisma's board to protect them from the Iranian prosecutor that Joe Biden leveraged a billion dollars of taxpayer money to get the Ukrainian government, you know, to force them to fire the prosecutor. I mean, it, this is there's so much corruption here, Sandy, that um, that we have to in, there has to be an impeachment of uh, President Joe Biden. With your permission, I'd like to jump in here and uh, tell people how I think they can best help you. Uh, to, in that appropriations bill, make sure there's a provision to stop the funding of these prosecutions of presidential candidates, uh, and namely uh, President Trump right now. But trust me, it will be all of them. If uh, someone prevails, they'll go after them as well. And so Congressman Clyde is, uh, has crafted a way to stop funding from going to those Procedures federally and in the state as well. And if you agree with that, by the way, you can find out information on his website, Clyde.house.gov. It spells out exactly what he's asking for. Uh, but also, so if you go then to your congressman's office in your his local office, which is not going to be far from you, and tell your congressman, tell his staff how you feel about this, and then they need to su- uh, support a congressman Clyde's is it an amendment? What's the word for that? It, that is correct. It would be yeah. a, an amendment. Yep. Okay. Amendment in appropriations. Okay. Uh, sponsor, sponsor, sign on, vote in favor of Congressman Clyde's uh, amendment on this issue. That would be so effective. And while you're there, uh, you can you know weigh in if you agree with the Freedom Caucus's issues, which I certainly do. I'm all in for what they're doing. They're trying to stop uh, the madness that's happening, the lawlessness through the avenue which they are equipped to do, and that is through uh, funding. The the House of Representatives has the power and the duty and the responsibility to fund everything that happens with the government. This is the place where they can stop this, and so that's why it's really important that you do this. Is there anything additional, another additional way where they can help you, Congressman? No, I I think you've covered it pretty well there, but they need to be contacting, especially those who are on the Appropriations Committee, and you can go and find out if your particular member is on the Appropriations Committee, because we're going to be going through committee first, all right, and then once, once that bill gets approved in committee, then it will, it will go as part of the bill text onto the House floor and, and then have folks vote for it on the House floor. But, um, but if your specific local 
representative is a member of the Appropriations Committee, then please reach out to them and mention to them to support the Clyde Amendment in defunding the prosecution of any presidential candidate for the uh, prior to the 2024 election. You, you can go to um, um, Appropriations. Uh, you can look it up, just House Appropriations Committee, and you can also you can see who's on the Appropriations Committee um, on the Republican side, and if that's your member of Congress. That's going to be the first step right there. And right. after and that, it, it would be the House floor. And the point is, of course, if it doesn't pass out of the committee, it's dead on the floor, won't matter. So because this is a little confusing, one thing we will do to help you is we will put the list of the members of the House Appropriations Committee on our Facebook page, Sandy Rios 24-7. We'll find, we'll get you a link and it, it will be there. But uh, meanwhile, you can look it up online if that's, if you're facile at that. It's the uh, House Appropriations uh, Committee in the uh, 2023 Congress right now. So, and of course, uh, Andrew right. Clyde, our guest, is a part of that. Congressman, we just so appreciate your time. It's great to get to know you. And I hope that we can well, speak again. Absolutely. I hope we can, too, Sandy. Thank you very much for the opportunity. My my pleasure, Congressman. Thank you. All right. Well, this is Sandy Rios, uh, 24-7. Wasn't that a great interaction? And doesn't that kind of give you uh, some hope uh, that we have really good men in D.C. and they're doing everything they can? And, and that's what I always say. As long as we have these kinds of people fighting for us, we can't leave the field either. If you would like to find out more about what he said, I already told you we'll be posting information on our Facebook page. That's Sandy Rios 24-7, so that you can find that information about the appropriations bill and about who uh, is on that committee and how to contact them. Also, you know you can call us at 662-821-2040, 662-821-2040, or you can write us at Sandy A at sandy at AFR.net. You can listen to the podcast on any podcast uh, platform. Plus, you can listen at AFR.net. Or you can go to sandyrios.com. That seems to be one of the easiest ways to listen. And did you know, by the way, that since uh, January and June of this year, that's when we started the broadcast, January. Uh, so the stats for preborn right now are, is that you and I, with preborn leading the way, of course, doing the work, Provided ultrasounds for 48,993 mothers who weren't sure. And out of that, we actually saved 28,846 babies. I think that's pretty remarkable. I think you should feel good about that. Uh, but I think, like, you know, if you ever saw Schindler's list, Schindler saved as many Jews as he could, but at the end, there was no pride in him. He just wished he could have saved more. And so I think if you if your heart is right, you probably feel that way too. That's just a drop in the bucket. And if you would like to help, all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. It's $28 for one ultrasound. That's the way it works. Many of you have been already so generous, as is uh, manifested by the numbers that I just gave you. So go to preborn.com slash Sandy and make your most generous donation. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Ninety-one criminal charges in four pending criminal cases. There are three civil cases looming as well, all standing in the way of former President Trump's efforts to win back the White House. All of that leading to this picture, a mugshot for the history books. 
taken by the Fulton County Sheriff's Office in the Georgia case. The former president, along with 18 co-defendants, booked on felony charges related to election interference. Will any of them decide to now cooperate with prosecutors? That's the question. Trial dates are up in the air, but starting as soon as this fall and then running through the first half of 2024, as the primary election will be in full swing. Right now, Donald Trump is the undisputed Republican frontrunner in every poll. And his campaign confirms he's raised a staggering $7 million since that mugshot was released. All right, that was Shannon Bream, the familiar voice of Shannon Bream from Fox News. Uh, and she's sort of putting it in perspective for us. It's just, uh, it is pretty frightening what's happening. We have chaos in our legal system, and we have a lot of really good, fine people who are finding themselves in the crosshairs. And, of course, the implication, and it's not just an implication, you've heard John Eastman say this on this program a number of times, this is the way of stopping conservative attorneys, because a lot of those people in Georgia now are attorneys and people surrounding President Trump, uh, law firms, major law firms will not defend him in particular or any of these issues. They won't touch January 6th because they're worried uh, that not only will their colleagues think they have cooties, because it really does kind of boil down to that, they don't have any kind of courage and they're into making money. And in the legal profession right now, anyone who is a MAGA person, who believes in the history of this country, the Constitution, uh, or and actually likes Donald Trump too, is anathema to them, and they're not going to touch it with a 10-foot pole, nor will they touch January the 6th. So it's really um, uh, now that these conservative attorneys are being prosecuted in Georgia and are in threat of having their law license taken, like John Eastman is also in California, this is very dangerous for all of us because I'm asking you, what are you going to do? When your son gets in trouble, uh, you know, runs somebody over in an accident and leaves the scene of the crime and you need an attorney. But it's known that you and your family are, you know, you're conservative Republicans. If you think for a second that that's not going to affect your ability to futurely, in the future, get some kind of legal representation, you just haven't thought through this. So it has implications for all of us. And as I said, you the best way to fight this, I think, is to go to your local congressman's office and tell him what you think. Tea Party Patriots has a really great uh, take action paper, and I'm going to refer them to you. It's uh, available at thepatriotcenter.org, thepatriotcenter.org. And um, uh, we're going to put that on our Facebook page as well because it's got a lot of things. It's got a, an action kit, a letter. It gives you information. It makes it easier. So that's at thepatriotcenter.org, and that's part of Tea Party Patriots. Well, speaking of all these people prosecuting, one in particular comes to my mind because it's her name is Tanya Chutkin. We've talked about her a little bit. She is the uh, attorney that has decided to go after Trump with a vengeance and has uh, decided to reschedule his, his particular trial on the January 6th, on the day before Super Tuesday. And so that's a big deal. Super Tuesday is a huge, huge day uh, for the election of any presidential year. And so she knows what she's doing. They're all scheduling their trials around these particular kinds of dates. Uh, And Tanya has certainly made her mark on that. I want to tell you, we're learning more things about her. Um, Julie Kelly wrote recently, of course, she is an Obama appointee, Tanya is, or Judge Judge Chutkin, I should say, Uh, She, in a recent hearing, this is just recently, 
compared January the 6th to the Boston Marathon bombing and to 9-11. Either she's a really vindictive or she just uh, is clueless about the magnitude of what happened on January 6th versus those incidences. But, of course, President Trump is facing charges in the District of Columbia of conspiring unlawfully to overturn the 2020 presidential election results through challenges and claims of election fraud. And, of course, uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith has linked that that to the January 6th riot. And on and on it goes. So um, Judge Chutkin has just done her, her latest damage by changing the trial date to the night before Super Tuesday. But we're learning more about her, and I want to share some of this with you. This is from a substack known as Truth Ninja. <laughs> so uh, th- this is some interesting information. In her sentencing of J6 defendants, she's been very, very harsh. And in the midst of that sentencing, she has constantly alluded to Trump. She's made statements in the effect that, uh, that they are going to go, go to prison, even though the person who caused them to do what they did still walks free. She said that repeatedly. She was a partner at the same firm that Hunter Biden worked in. And the Bidens are particularly close to that firm. It's Boys, Schiller, and Flexner. Hunter not only worked there, but Boys, Schiller, and Flexner represented Burisma. Anybody, does that ring a bell from anyone? Did you see the connections here? The Burisma, that's the Ukrainian energy company that President Biden insisted that the prosecutor who was uh, doing research on Burisma, for which Hunter worked, uh, get fired. He insisted that the Ukrainians fire him. He bragged about it publicly. And now we know through memos that he and his son both were paid $5 million for making sure that happened, to say Burisma. So that's the the company affiliated with that. So she was the judge who sentenced. Now, this may be less familiar to you, but this is a fascinating story. And I'm going to pause to tell it a little bit. Imran one was a Pakistani national who worked as the IT aide for Debbie Wasserman Schultz and was caught accessing the computers of all the conservative Republican congressmen who served at that time. This was very dangerous, very dangerous information, and we have reason to believe he was transmitting it other places. This was a very big deal, but the Democrats uh, were hell-bent on not uh, bringing him to account. It almost seemed as though they were happy. Uh, that he was doing that. They weren't concerned at all. So uh, he did go to trial, and Chutkin sentenced him to no time in prison. She scolded in the process of, uh, of sentencing him the conspiracy theories that had harmed his life. Of course, that was a thin allusion to Donald Trump, um, who even the Washington Post recognized uh, as they reported on this. So this is a horrible thing that she did earlier because of her bias. And so now she's the one Uh, That's over this trial. She did one more thing I want to tell you. Do you remember that Russian woman named Marina Butina who asked for a meeting with Donald Trump Jr., went to the Trump Tower or to their offices to conduct that meeting? And out of that, the press reported that she was talking about Russian adoption, but Don Jr. immediately realized that she had another purpose. He didn't quite understand what it was, but he immediately stopped the meeting and left the room. Well, in, as part of the Russian conspiracy, they used her appearance there, which was about Russian adoption, to allege that she was there colluding with Donald Trump Jr. and the Trump campaign. Uh, it was a big deal at the time, and it was one of those other things that had to be untangled. But uh, it, the trial actually came before Chutkin again, and, 
and Chukkin allowed prosecutors to lean on Butina to change her not guilty plea to guilty on the hope that she would reveal connections between Russia and the Trump campaign during the Mueller investigation. Well, that's some of the things, just some of the things that U.S. Judge Tanya Chutkin uh, has done in the past that makes her absolutely disqualified to preside over this Trump a trial uh, that she is scheduled for the day before Super Tuesday. It's a, it's a fiasco. It's a disgrace, and we all know that. Uh, but, it, but now at least you know about that. All right, well, this, you know, but there was some hope in the show. I hope you will agree uh, that Congressman Clyde brought us some hope because he's trying to do something about it. And again, I want to thank our sponsors, Preborn Network Clinics, who've rescued so many babies through ultrasound, and Christian Healthcare Ministries, who've been around helping Christians pay for their medical bills for about 40 years. Uh, we thank you. It's preborn.com slash Sandy. If you would like to give a donation to Preborn and edit chministries.org if you are interested in the, the services of Christian Health Care Ministries. All right, this has been Sandy Rios, and I hope you enjoyed today's edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.